This is Tips for Travellers. Inspiration, advice and tips on finding and having amazing travel experiences on both land and at sea. Get more tips on must-see and must-do travel at tipsfortravellers.com. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Tips for Travellers. Today we're heading off to a very, very beautiful city and it's called Dubrovnik in Croatia. I'd seen lots of pictures of Dubrovnik, had always wanted to go, managed to get there. Actually, I was visiting as part of a cruise on Windstar Cruises and ended up going to Dubrovnik and it was absolutely magnificent. Now, I'd wanted to go there for a couple of reasons. One, because I'd seen it in many pictures and it looked amazing. But secondly, also parts of it are used in the TV show Game of Thrones, which I'm a big fan. In fact, King's Landing, for those of you who are fans of Game of Thrones, will recognize parts of Dubrovnik because it's used as various locations around King's Landing from season two. Malta was used in season one for those geeks. Basically, it's a beautiful city and it's got a very turbulent history, including a fairly recent history, Uh, in the 1990s, which I'll talk about a little bit later during the breakup of Yugoslavia. It's really, it has just grown in in popularity. It's become a major tourist attraction. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's remarkable. And especially when I tell you about a lot of the damage that's happened through to earthquakes and war, it's even more remarkable that this city is quite as spectacular as it is. So let me give you some overall observations. Like I said, it's a gorgeous city. It really is very unique looking. It's absolutely beautiful. It's surrounded by a massive big wall and it has a very distinctive look with red tiled roofs and just absolutely beautiful. The architecture is very distinctive. It's, and I'm gonna talk about the places to go and see within the old town, but it has a real beautiful, historic look to it and I can see why Game of Thrones when they were looking for a location that felt like that they chose it. As I said it's pretty amazing it's had lots of earthquakes it's had lots of attacks uh, particularly during the breakup of Yugoslavia when over a thousand shells and fires uh, broke out because of the shells and damaged over three quarters of the buildings but it's been beautifully renovated and they've done an amazing job you would never know that it had been through such a traumatic time it does get incredibly busy though particularly in the summer season uh, because it's become so popular and one of the things that you'll need to watch out for is that it's going to be really really busy so one of the things i want to talk about is you know getting up uh, sort of sharpish and earlish before uh, the tours start uh, if you want to go and tour the city take pictures go along the, the walls, etc. before it gets really busy. But it is very easy to explore, it's easy to get around. It's not a very big area and it's quite walkable. Uh, although if you're not very mobile, it's a more of a challenge because uh, it's about wars and cobbled streets and that kind of stuff. So a couple of things you need to know about Dubrovnik is the amount of people living in the historic old town has dropped from 5,000. 5,000 people lived in the old town in 1991 at the outbreak of the war as Yugoslavia split up. And now only has about 900 people living permanently inside the city. And pretty much everybody now lives outside the town on the hills, etc. What people will tell you, both the guides and locals will tell you, is that prices for everything have pretty much 
double what they would be elsewhere in Croatia because it is such an important tourist center. So it's a real kind of tourist trap. So it is a pretty expensive place both to buy things in and to stay. It's a member of the EU. It doesn't have the euro. It has its own currency. But the whole of the old city is a UNESCO site. It's uh, not, and not surprising it's a UNESCO site. And cars aren't allowed. There are the odd car and little transports that sort of move around delivering goods, etc. But basically it doesn't have cars. So it's very pedestrian friendly. In terms of history, a couple of things to note before I get into general tips and must-see thing, must things. It's because of its significant importance on the coast, because it's on the, uh, I guess it's called the Dalmatian coast, which is along that sort of coast that uh, faces towards Italy, if you like. It was a very important uh, part of the world. And so it's been constantly sort of uh, various different people have tried to control it. So it's been controlled by different nations and others. So it was controlled for a very long time by Venice, when Venice was a major uh, port and a major uh, powerhouse. So Venice controlled it um, until 1358. It then became part of uh, Hungary, part of sort of Croatia, Hungary. Napoleon then took control in the 1800s. After Napoleon's fall, Dubrovnik became part of the Austro-Hungarian Empire in 1815. After World War One, it became part of Croatia, which itself was part of the Kingdom of the Serbs, Croats and Slovenes. It became Yugoslavia after World War Two, And then in the early 1990s, it declared, it declared uh, Croatia declared independence uh, and it became basically just an important town and city within Croatia. So it's had a very uh, chop and change in terms of control, various foreign powers controlling it and so on. And of course, now it's part of an independent state, Croatia. The old town itself was actually completed in the 13th century. And although there's been earthquakes and although there's been those uh, battles that I spoke about, it's largely unchanged because basically it's been restored when there's been the various earthquakes and battles. It was, as I've mentioned already, during 1991-1992, there was a siege of Dubrovnik for seven months and the old town was hit by 1,000 shells. It had a lot of fires, but it was very quickly restored to its former beauty. And it is a magnificent city. And if you want to see just the, what happened during that time, if you go to things like YouTube, you actually see the old town being bombarded in various footage of that, but I won't dwell too much on that. So let's talk about general visiting information. The bend's the best time to go. Well, obviously summer is a great time to go. It's very hot, it's very warm, but it is very, very busy. Uh, May and June are great times to go. Uh, Midsummer gets very, very hot. July and August are also a very popular time to go because it's a big uh, summer festival, the Dubrovnik Summer Festival. So it's a great time to go. There's lots going on, but it's also very, very busy. September and October is a great time to go. I actually went in October. It was certainly warm enough. We went swimming. Uh, the streets aren't as crowded, but it still was pretty busy, to be honest. And of course, it gets very cold in winter. In terms of getting there, the most practical way to get it is by air. And there's a lot of flights, particularly in the summer months. You'll find right across Europe, many, many airlines fly in there. So whether it's from the UK, Europe, you'll find lots and lots of airlines fly year round, but particularly in summer. Also, you can get there increasingly on cruises. It's become a very popular stop for cruises, particularly cruises heading out of Venice, uh, either heading down to Greece or heading sort of eventually around the boot of Italy up to Rome, etc. So it's become a very, very popular stop for cruises. And if you go on a smaller cruise line like Windstar, you'll often sort of um, uh, moor outside and sort of ferry straight into the old uh, town. If you're on a bigger cruise line, you'll go a little bit further down to the port and uh, sort of get bussed in. 
In terms of getting around, as I've already mentioned, you basically have to walk because you can't really get around any other way in the old town. The local currency is the Croatian kuna. It's not euros and you will find it very difficult to use euros. You know, there are some parts of the coast along here, some countries that will sort of accept euros, dollars, whatever, but certainly not in uh, Dubrovnik. You need to have the local currency, the kuna. So in terms of my overall tips, uh, I've already mentioned it, you know, get out early, try and get up early or later in the day, sort of in the beginning of the day, towards the end of the day, if you really want to take pictures. Of course, the light's always best at that time of day anyway, but it does get really busy. So it was actually great. We actually uh, went out and did a tour quite early. So a lot of the pictures that I've took of uh, Dubrovnik aren't full of people, but by the middle of the day, it was just loads of people. So I'm glad I took my pictures earlier. So let me talk about the 10 must-see and do things within Dubrovnik. As I mentioned, they're all relatively easy because it's within this walled city. It's not a massively big area, and so it's fairly easy to get around. So the things to see and do. Well, one of the most uh, beautiful parts of the town is the street called the Straden or the Plaka Straden. Uh, it's also called the Plaka. It basically runs from Pargate to Plosgate. I think that's how you pronounce it. And it basically was laid down in about uh, the mid 1400s. And it's a beautiful street. It's probably the main street. You've got a lot of shops there, although they're mostly tourist shops now. It's a beautiful, beautiful street, magnificent buildings on either side. And it leads right down to the city walls. It's a very popular hangout place. You'll find uh, there's various bars and things, little restaurants along the, the, the down the street, down the Straden. People sort of hang out, have a coffee, eat, watch uh, people watching, that kind of stuff. Beautiful street. The second thing to do and see is the old town walls. Now, the walls are magnificent. They're big, massive walls. They're three meters thick. They basically go the three meters thick along the sea front. They're actually six meters thick once you get more inland. So it's it's they're these big, massive, big walls to protect the city. And uh, you have a, a, around the 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 old town walls, you've got four sort of corners where you've got the center tower, the Revelant Fortress, the St. John's Fortress, and the Bokar Bastion. And if you walk all the way around the whole of the walls, which you can do, it's about a two kilometer walk. Um, but because there's these sort of four little places you can get off as you go around, you can just walk around half of it or a smaller part of it. But it's really worth walking around the whole part. Or certainly what we did is uh, go from the stratum, walk to a wall all around the the seafront and then came back down sort of towards where the old port harbor is and that's a great walk magnificent views great photographs across the sea etc the third thing to see is the sponsor palace this was built in 15 uh, 22 it survived the earthquake and it's actually been used for lots of different things so it used to be uh, a mint uh, all that kind of stuff but these days what's there today so if you go there today upstairs you've got the archives and downstairs you'll find different exhibitions during the summer festival there's a permanent exhibition there which is called the memorial room of the Dubrovnik defenders which is a memorial to Dubrovnik citizens who lost their lives in that war between 1991 and 1995 so the sponsor palace it's a beautiful uh, building uh, it's right near the strata it's a magnificent place to go the other big site which is instantly recognizable if you've probably seen pictures of Dubrovnik is uh, Onofrio's fountain. It was built right back in the 1400s by an Italian architect uh, called Onofrio della Cava 
and again it was partly damaged in the earthquake uh, it was damaged in, in the war but it was very restored and it's sort of a round um, sort of cone shape not cone shape sort of around a dome shape that's what i'm looking for dome not cone it's around a dome shape it's it's a, it's a massive thing and it's uh, uh always busy around there uh, it's because it's a beautiful structure and it's a very important part of the city because it's part of the water mains system and it brought water from the the uh, Kak River, which is about 12 kilometers away. So it was very, very important in terms of providing water for the city. Beautiful, beautiful uh, structure. The fifth thing which a lot of people in Dubrovnik recommend and are very proud of is the Franciscan Monastery. Now, the monastery was also badly damaged in that earthquake of 1667. It was rebuilt. And one of the important things about the monastery is it contains what is thought to be the oldest pharmacy in Europe dating right back to the 1300s and so uh, it's very significant and uh, it's, a, it's a real sort of a landmark if you like uh, with the oldest pharma pharmacy in Europe. Uh, let me talk about a couple of churches which are basically right next to each other right sort of at the, at the one end of the stratum. The first, the first is the Church of St Blaise and this is a Baroque church. It was built uh, between about 1705-1717. It's got uh, a beautiful uh, silver statue of Dubrovnik's uh, patron saint on the altar, holding a model of the city. And it, every year this is brought out during the Festival of St. Blaise. Beautiful stained glass windows, uh, although they're quite new actually. They were only added in the 1970s. But the Church of St. Blaise, uh, it's a magnificent um, building, really worth uh, not only looking from the outside, but going into absolutely, absolutely magnificent. Nearby is the cathedral. And the cathedral, cathedral is a little bit older than the, the Church of St. Blaise. It dates back to the 1600s uh, by a Roman architect. And the original one was destroyed in, in the, in, by the earthquake. And it includes um, the Assumption of Our Lady painting that was uh, supposedly painted by Titan. So it's, uh, it's quite a famous painting. And uh, you've got uh, the, the cathedral, also home of the skull of St. Blaise, which is in a, encased in a beautiful jewel encrusted crown. And one of the things that actually happened, it, well, there was an earthquake in 1979. They dug underneath the cathedral and found parts of a Romanesque cathedral underneath it. And even underneath it, they found another cathedral dating from the 6th century. But the cathedral set, uh, itself, beautiful building. And as I said, it's just uh, within short walking distance of the church of St. Blaise. And in between the two, if you're walking from the cathedral towards the Church of St. Blaise or in the other direction, you'll walk past one of my favourite buildings, which is called the Rector's Palace. It's a very ornate building. It was uh, it was designed um, also by Onfrio della Cava, who built that uh, Onofrio's fountain. And it's had a quite a sort of a mixed up history. So the original building was destroyed by a gunpowder explosion. And the one that was now, that you pretty much see now, uh, the, the the whole second floor was destroyed in another explosion in the 1400s. So, and then it was damaged by the earthquake. So what you've got is the building is, it's got all sorts of different styles and different designers, but it's a magnificent building, very ornate, beautiful arches, uh, really, really magnificent. And the significance now it's the home of the city museum so of course originally it was home of the rector who was sort of a, a figurehead during one of the um, various uh, republics that uh, were there but didn't have much power but he was sort of like a figurehead but it is now the city museum it's a beautiful building uh, the lots of great arches and a really great place to hang out
uh, a great place to also people watch from there because it's sort of a focal point. The ninth thing, the ninth thing to see uh, and do is uh, a great experience, which is the Dubrovnik cable car. Now, the cable car was originally built in 1969, and it goes right up to the top of Mount Surd, which is high above the city. So basically, you've got the, the Dubrovnik old town is right at the base of this mountain, and then it's it's a really steep hill. And so basically, as you look uh, along the sides of uh, Dubrovnik, you have all the houses because it's basically there's not a lot of uh, flat land, if you like. But uh, the cable car was destroyed completely in the early 1990s during that war, and it wasn't repaired until 2010. So it came back into service in 2010. So uh, it's now running again. It takes about three minutes to get up, and you get magnificent views. You get absolutely beautiful views right down the mountain to the old town of Dubrovnik. It's and across to the beautiful, uh, you know, the the Mediterranean, and it's just absolutely magnificent up there. Fabulous views. You can actually go sort of for walks and hikes around the top there. There's a cafe up there. Uh, there's a, a restaurant there, uh, and also one of the the quite new attractions is the Museum of the Croatian War of Independence, which really uh, ex- shows how Dubrovnik defended itself during that 1991 to 1995 war. Um, and uh, you know, really, really uh, quite, quite, uh, quite magnificent. Now, if you want to actually find the museum, it's housed in Fort Imperial, which was uh, built in the 19th century when Dubrovnik was actually controlled by the French, and it was part of the way of helping defending Dubrovnik. And it wasn't really used very much at, at all, but it is seen as sort of a symbol of Dubrovnik's defence during the war. So that's uh, it's a pretty sobering museum, but certainly worth going to. And the 10th thing to do, which is, again, something if you're a fan of Game of Thrones, you'll be thrilled by this one, and I'm going to mask the pronunciation of it, is uh, Fort Lovjernak, or the Fort of St. Lawrence, and you spell that L-O-V-R-I-J-E-N-A-C, so I'll call it the Fort of St. Lawrence. Uh, it's basically located on the west side of the old town. It's outside the city walls, and it's on this massive cliff. The cliff is about 37 meters high. It's sort of, um, it's triangular in shape. It's got three levels. It used to be defended with, have 10 cannons defending it. And it's, uh, the walls facing the sea are 12 meters thick. And uh, it's just incredible. So basically, uh, this was uh, used as the Red Keep in Game of Thrones for those of you who are basically fans of it. Uh, um, so it's a, you know it's 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 not only significant in the history of Dubrovnik, but it's quite a significant uh, you know site for fans of Game of Thrones. Absolutely magnificent, and certainly if you don't want to go all the way around there, because it's a bit of a way to get there, because you have to go out of the old town and sort of walk around to get to it you do get incredible views of it and beautiful pictures by walking around the old town walls. So there you are, that's uh, my 10 must-do things uh, if you're visiting Dubrovnik, the Straden, the town walls, the Sponza Palace, Onfrio's Fountain, the Franciscan Monastery, the Church of St. Blaise, the Cathedral, Rector's Palace, the Cable Car, and Fort of St. Lawrence, Fort Lovrijenac. Uh, if you want to find out more about Dubrovnik, I have a video actually, which I made showing those highlights, and you can I'll put uh, a link to that in the show notes, or if you just go to the site tipsofdravels.com, just search Dubrovnik, it will come up. Remembering, of course, that travelers are spelt with two L's, or if you go to YouTube and type in Tips of Travelers Dubrovnik, it'll come up as well. And of course, if you are going to YouTube, please subscribe to the Tips of Travelers channel. There is also a really good Dubrovnik tourist site, which has a slightly complicated 
uh, URL, so I'll put that in the show notes as well. But uh, if you want to know it, it's www.tzdubrovnik.hr. So that's tzdubrovnik.hr, and then you'll find all the different languages there, you know, English or whatever, and you just select that as well. So if you've enjoyed that Dubrovnik, it's a beautiful place to go. If you're going there, you'll absolutely love it. It's magnificent. It's beautiful. And I loved it and will definitely, it's a place I'd like to go back and explore and spend some more time in, actually even going further afield out of Dubrovnik. So um, if this is the first time you've listened to the podcast, please subscribe. Uh, If you are a regular listener or even a first-time listener, please, please, I'd love it if you left a review. And you just go to your favorite podcast catcher. Uh, type in tips for travelers or Gary Bembridge it'll come up subscribe leave a review or if you want an easy way of doing that uh, you'll find links also in the show notes but I've done short links so tipsforTravelers.com, iTunes TFT, Stitcher TFT, TuneIn TFT, Google Play TFT and of course I'm also on um, iHeartRadio as well so everywhere you go you'll find tips for travelers so that's all for this episode of tips for travelers until next time here's to happy safe and wonderful wonderful travels